You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. Welcome to the Locked On Hornets podcast. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We have podcasts on nearly every team in the NFL, NBA, MLB, and fantasy sports. Just search your podcast app for Locked On and your team to get more podcasts. Uh, we have this ton of nostalgia feeling and just engulfing everybody here with the classic court being revealed. Still getting a lot of play, really even nationally. Saw Darren Ravel tweeted out when, as soon Ravel, as it happened. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people... Matt Moore love Zach themselves Harper. this classic court stuff. Like it, it is cool. We talked about yeah. it all last show. And getting a ton of play here for this classic court that we've seen. We talked about a couple of them that the ones including after the one that was revealed, right? Like so the ones in between the ninety-six to ninety-eight season was different from this one, I believe. Mm-hmm. And then the one even a little bit changed. Once they left for New Orleans, you even had the newest one. So a couple of different court looks, but this one. Getting a ton of play here out there. Getting a ton of play. Some of it, some of the play is concerning me a little bit. Now, how so? I want to hear this take. I, I do want to hear this. Like, one. it's, like, yeah, what do you mean it's concerning you? Because well, nostalgia, I feel like you and I, or at least, are all aboard the nostalgia train. And Nada has, and, and Nada is certainly not here for any kind of nostalgia except for this court. No, I like to burn the sacred cows and make hamburgers. <laughs> it's like Freaky Friday here with you starting to embody what Nada usually preaches on this show. Well, here's what concerns me. All of these tweets that you see from the Habistros and and some of these other national people who come and they see these, these, see these changes and they say, why don't they do that all season? Why is that not the court all season? Why is that not the jersey for the entire season? And people locally say that as well. And it makes me wonder if all of these all of this nostalgia is just highlighting all of the great chances that this organization took back in the late 80s, early 90s that revolutionized not only NBA fashion, but but 90s fashion, the teal and the purple. All of those were big chances that they took. Is that putting a wet blanket on some of the branding that they're doing now that certainly looks cool, but cool in the way that things that don't take any chances are cool? It's It's Jordan brand cool. Well, it, it, th- here's the thing. As much as I love Jordan Brand, Jordan Brand and Cool really don't belong in the same sentence unless we're talking about the retros. The other thing, but to your point, I would probably say this is take a look at like the Dallas Mavericks of the 2000s. Remember they had those Sean John alter- alternate uniforms that looked <laughs> god-awful? Yes, I do remember that. That is why you don't take chances anymore. How great was it that Dirk Nowitzki was the star for the Dallas Mavericks and Sean John was the alternate uniform? Oh, well, Mr. Pitt, no, to. we again, Dirk, Dirk, Dirk is like honorary black. People don't understand. Dirk is Mr. I, I'll save you a plate at a cookout. He is invited to the proverbial cookout. Dirk well, Nowitzki. Who else is who else is invited to the cookout? Who are also accepted as black in the NBA that actually are not black? Like Chandler Steve Parsons. Nash. I feel like Steve Nash. Is? Steve Steve Nash is. Steve I'm so, Nash. I'm so well. Steve, Steve Nash. Nash. I would imagine. I can get on board with that. Larry I've heard, Bird. I've Larry heard, Bird. Absolutely. Well, Larry Bird, of course. I've heard Chandler Parsons. Like Chandler Parsons, I've heard has a seat to the cookout. Chandler Parsons. <sighs> Ch- 
don't know. You're not feeling that? I I don't know. I don't know enough on Chandler Parsons outside of him, like, securing the bag and just his career going in the tank after that. I kind of want to know more people that are invited to the cookout that are accepted by black people as their own. There's a long list. We might have to do that one of these weeks yeah, if, if, if people don't mind. I want to look at that. I, yeah, I want to see if Dirk Nowitzki is a guy. Like, Dirk Nowitzki, maybe not exactly the guy you would think of, but I love that he was he was the star of that Mavs team, and Sean John was the alternate jersey of choice for the Dallas Mavericks. Those are those are very interesting thoughts. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, so I, I, ju- I just want to go back to what I said. It, it, was, it really wasn't an attack on Jordan Brand. It's really an attack, or not even an attack, but just a comment on how these national fashion brands do things for the masses. They don't take chances because social media would eat them alive. But all of these things that we love about Charlotte Hornets nostalgia are rooted in the fact that they were at the time revolutionary and they look cool. What? Yeah. Like what? I mean, the color scheme is crazy on the surface, purple and teal, Mm -hmm. right? And you're right about it nationally gaining, gaining attention who I think we saw a tweet not too long ago, like within the last year or six months or so, from Chris Long, who said his second team was the Charlotte Hornets because those yeah. jerseys that they came out with mm-hmm. and that he liked the fashion. I'll tell you, I mean, I went to Indiana every summer of my life. I had gone up there you know, pretty much twice a year since I was born and moved down here as a, as a kid. And I would see some Hornet starters jackets being rocked up there in Indianapolis. And the Pacers have some cool lo- and, and some really cool fashion as well. Like they yeah, got the some old, cool logos. The old school ABA stuff for the Pacers oh, is it's pretty phenomenal. Dope. And I'm a big fan of the pinstripe. I know you're not a pinstripe guy, no. but I'm a big fan of the pinstripe jerseys that they were wearing in the finals years. But the bottom line is they had some cool stuff to rock, and they were still rocking Hornet stuff. So what kind of chances could you take with Hornets gear coming back to this? You know, it kind of begs the question, and I know we're going off topic for what we had planned today, the schedule, some nuggets coming up on what we have uh, coming up for the next NBA season. How you're going to anger the rest of the Hornets fan base after 15. We've got the 14th. God, y'all wanted some Jamal Mashburn to be higher on that list. Hopefully I don't disappoint for 14. We also have a list of David Aldridge's who had, he had the Charlotte Hornets number 28th on who had the best offseason in this particular offseason. So we'll get to all that in a minute, but just wanting to go back with this discussion that we're on. You know, when the Hornets maybe were coming back to Charlotte, when it wasn't for sure yet, I know what was being thrown out there was just a different team name altogether. Just getting rid of the Bobcats because people weren't a fan. Robert Johnson decided he wanted to name the team the Bobcats, and I was never a fan of that name. So I would imagine a lot of people weren't fans of the name. I didn't mind, but... I I was not a fan. I I didn't mind. I'll leave it at that. As soon as it happened. But I know a lot of people, like the flight... Right. Remember when the Hornets were about to come back? I know the flight was a popular name being yeah, thrown out was. there. And because of Michael Jordan, because it is cool, then you would have some of the ushers be the flight attendants. And I kind of hopped on board with that. But the Charlotte Hornets coming back, you're talking about nostalgia. Like what other things can you branch off of? And that is so obscure and such a reach that could possibly get people back into something that is cool that's not necessarily nostalgia-like. Like, what is another branch you could go off of when you bring back a team, right, that hadn't been here for 10 years? It, it's tough. It's tough to create new content for a team that it's almost like history repeating itself here in Charlotte. Well, I'm not one of these people who's faulting them for leaning on the nostalgias, the 30th year anniversary. I completely understand that. Right. People have an affection. It's part of the reason why the Hornets are back in Charlotte to begin with is because people have this connection. They have this affection 
to the colors, to the, the, the style, the look that they had back then. I just wonder if, if that excitement exists for the current brand or if they really need to evaluate what parts of the nostalgia could possibly be folded into the current look. Because that, you just have all of these people over and over saying, hey, why isn't that? Right. And that can't make the people who fashioned the current brand feel good. No, no, absolutely not. You can't feel good about someone saying, hey, that thing that you're giving to people six games out of the season, that should be your thing. We want it the whole time. We want it the entire time, right? At not this other people. thing that you have already. No, we want that other thing. Right. Like the new Hornet, the more intimidating looking Hornet rather than the cool looking Hornet that we had back in the day. We want we want the old animated more feel type to it and that's that's a very current trend like the the, the logos the mascots they have to be intimidating yeah. and scowling and want oh, to they have kill to look you. badass and that old hornet it did not look anything no, badass. it was, it was awesome he was hanging yeah. around hooping <laughs> yeah it was it was just your guy that you saw at the local gym trying to go hoop it up with happy hooping yeah that's exactly what you had with that old logo and i was a big fan of it and then you did start to get more t- intimidating like it, exactly when the new orleans uh team became the pelicans like that was an intimidating looking pelican like nah fam just go like what the myrtle nah. beach pelicans have and you'd be much more suited but you'd be suited better with that kind of logo now the, uh, the other thing though that i do want to say is for everything that we're bringing up right now i would also point out that the black buzz city uniforms are probably top five in the they're cool and that's on trend because you have what is it like rip city for portland clutch mm-hmm. city for houston mm-hmm. uh isn't it just the city for golden state right yeah isn't the town the town the town and the town so you have you have a bunch of other things going on like that so i'm glad the hornets have something to contribute in that regard and and those jerseys are pretty cool and even you know there were even some bobcats jerseys that look i again the pinstripes i guess if you're not a fan of but i was a fan of the bobcat pinstripe jerseys like is there anything fashionable the dark blue ones the dark blue ones were pretty dark yeah they weren't terrible I like the NASCAR unis, but I know that I'm in the minority <laughs> the, the there. Che- the checkered down. No, I was okay with that. The checkered stripe going down the side of the jerseys. Is that what you're talking wait, about? Wait, wait, you wait, guys, wait, wait, wait. What? You guys are invited to the NASCAR uniform barbecue anytime. Yeah. Wait, wait, <laughs> wait, 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 wait. What? What? Hold on. The the checkered flag going down the side? Don't get yourself. I'm not making up. That, don't right? get yourself uninvited to the barbecue. Yeah, I apologize. My Doug's barbecue, never been up invited. <laughs> that's true. At my barbecue, we're serving those giant turkey legs that they have at at the Renaissance at the Fair, Charlotte Motor Speedway. At the Renaissance Fair, anyway. At the Renaissance oh, Fair, Lord. no, I you know some cool jerseys back in the day for sure. We'll see if they start to branch out uh, as they go on here. Living in nostalgia with the 30th anniversary. Make sure you're following us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Hornets and on Facebook, Facebook.com/slash Locked On Hornets. You can find myself on Twitter at Walker Mail Doug at Doug Branson NBA L O H Doug. Why is it, man? I try every time. I try every time like it just if I'm not paying attention enough to it every time I usually do a good job of reading the social plug but then I just look like Stu Gods where it doesn't matter what you put in front of me I'm going to read it. Oh man, yeah, I'm I'm going to get that fixed next episode what, I promise. Yeah, what's like I feel wait, like Wait, wait, wait. How many episodes in a row has <laughs> have you said that now? It's Doug Branson LOH. That's right. That's his handle. If you want to tweet at him, if you want to bombard his mentions like he did mine for the Jamal Mashburn pick, feel free that to do deserved. so. If you're angry at his Mighty Ducks take, go at him, Doug Branson LOH, and you can follow Nada at Nada the Scribe. Real quickly before we go to break, 
Let's try to squeeze in this scheduled nugget segment that we got. We got some Christmas Day games that have been leaked. Opening night, we have a couple of those games as well. MLK Day, we have a few games there listed. Uh, None for the Charlotte Hornets. I'm sure not surprising to anybody as far as those games being leaked. But you have opening night, Celtics versus Sixers, Warriors versus Thunder. Good opening night to you guys? Yeah. I'm not planning on getting any sleep that night. Yeah. Pretty good for me. Celtics Celtic Sixers is going to be a good game in the East. And Warriors Thunder. Thunder, I feel like people are, are kind of hopping back onto the bandwagon again. Like maybe last year was kind of a fluke for yeah. them. Mellow's gone. We'll see how the OKC Thunder work. And, of course, Golden State must see TV anytime they play. Doesn't matter who they're playing. Christmas Day games. Who you like? Bucks, Knicks, Thunder, Rockets, Sixers, Celtics again. Lakers, Warriors, Trailblazers and the Jazz. Jazz getting some love there on Christmas Day. Any of those games spark you as most intriguing? Honestly, the only thing that intrigues me about Bucks Knicks is right now the line in Vegas for <laughs> Bucks Knicks right now is Buck just Bucks minus four. You're already taking that with no zinger. Yeah, with, like literally no Porzingis against that team. Oh, you better be taking that money. That's your free money maker there. And any profits that anyone that happens to listen to this makes any money off of this, please send it to me. That's the not a describe free moneymaker. Mm, yes, it is. <laughs> it is. Uh, I'm interested that the Jazz got a national TV game oh, on no. opening week and on Christmas Day. No. I wonder what changed. Oh, what no. changed with the Utah Jazz? Anything come to mind? Oh, allowed no. them to get two national TV games. Oh, I know what it is. You're gonna bring it up. They drafted Donovan gonna, Mitchell. Yeah, let it go. Up. You couldn't let you couldn't let people just for one day Man. forget about that. At least we haven't brought it up in a long time. But Donovan Mitchell once again. So but, that's it. That's yeah. the key. The, all the Hornets have to do yeah. to get more national TV games is draft draft an immediate star. Draft an immediate star. Yeah, it, uh, we don't we don't need any of this. You know, cooking in the oven for a little bit. Immediately come out and ready to go. The Jazz getting a lot of love though. They're going to be a good team. I know mm-hmm. what it was it Kevin Pelton? Did he have him second? In the West? Ooh. They get them all the way at second. That's way too high for them. It's high, and I like the Jazz. They're going to be fun. Donovan Mitchell, you would imagine, improves again. But the Jazz being second, man, that's a little bit too much for me. But the Jazz getting some love. I will be interested in to see how they do this year. Um, You also have the MLK Junior Days. Pelicans, Grizzlies. Rockets, Sixers. Warriors, Lakers. So, again, everybody's going to get some love here uh, when you talk about just... Exactly. This is just the national TV schedule. We haven't heard about the rest of these games. I guarantee you, there's a MLK Day game for the for the Hornets. It's all. It's every year. I know they've played the Raptors maybe a couple times. Detroit last season, season. right? Detroit last season. Oh yeah, they haven't had a. They they were getting home games on MLK, and that ended last season. And boy, nobody showed up to that Detroit Pistons game. You yeah. see the remember the crowd for that? Oh, the crowd the crowd was pathetic, and I believe that's one of the few games they were they blew they blew the Pistons out that game, didn't they? Yeah, they might have. I'm not exactly sure, but I know that there was nobody at that Pistons game. So maybe, maybe, just maybe the uh, next MLK Day game comes here to the Charlotte Hornets like it had been the previous couple of years. So we'll take a quick break. We'll come back uh, with more on the Lockdown Hornets podcast talking. I guess David Aldridge had the Hornets 28th overall as far as the teams who did the best this offseason and what they actually changed and whether they benefited or not. Just 28th on the list. We'll talk about why next on the Locked On Hornets podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. 
You are listening to the Locked On Hornets podcast. And Doug, don't you have an Eldon Campbell like stuffed animal type thing? Yes, I do. I got it at the last regular season home game that they had before they left for New Orleans. I, look, I love me some Eldon Campbell, but is that, is they, that the guy? they were just they were clearing everything out of the house because it was whatever they gave to the fans that night. They didn't have to take with them to New Orleans. Get more Hornets analysis on LockedOnHornets.com. Shout out to Mike, who became a Patreon member yesterday. Thanks, Mike. We love you. Let's get some more mics out there. If you want to support our show and be just like Mike and also the amazing people that put it together, consider joining our Patreon community for just as little as $1 a month. You can help us keep making the Daily Hornets content that you've come to trust. Go to patreon.com slash LOH. There's a link in the description of this episode. Get double entries into our contest and access to content before anyone else. Patreon.com slash LOH. Every dollar goes to making this the best Hornets talk in all of Charlotte. And if you join Patreon, we just might give you a shout out. So congratulations to Mike. Thank you very much. All right. David Aldridge of NBA.com and TNT. Been a longtime NBA reporter. Very well respected. Comes out with a list. And his list is of all of the teams in the NBA and what they did this offseason. The Charlotte Hornets, they come in at 28. For context, just the two teams that are behind them are the Cleveland Cavaliers, who lost the best player in all of the NBA. That's a tough offseason. Yeah, it's, it's not good. And it's the Miami Heat. And then you look at the added and lost list. It's added, none, lost, none. So... Doing nothing, essentially. Standing Pat Riley. Yeah. Pat Riley? No, I like it. Go ahead. Give yourself a zinger. Well-deserved. Pat Riley stays. Eric Spolstra stays. Every single player basically stays. The Heat are the only team, as long, along with the Cleveland Cavaliers, that are behind the Charlotte Hornets. So let's dig into why the Charlotte Hornets were ranked 28th, according to David Aldridge. You look at their offseason. Look, nobody's going to say it wasn't busy, man. I mean, you yeah. look at what the Hornets did this offseason. They cleaned house. The general mm-hmm. manager is now new. Mm-hmm. The new head coach is here in James Borrego. Yep. You have Bismack Biombo back with the team. Tell him. Two draft picks. Miles Bridges, number 12 overall. Devontae Graham, number 34 overall. New players, y'all. Kubolka could be here, but he's, he's, he's not going to be here. He's the draft pick, but he's not going to be here. And a four-time champion in Tony Parker coming in to be the backup, backup point guard. So. It was a busy offseason, and <laughs> Doug, a fan of not as ad libs. We got Flavor Flav on the mic today. We had four draft. We have three draft picks and a lot of different changes here with this team. I think twenty eight is a little low. A little, you th- you're so you're with me. I think it's low when you look at the teams ahead of them. Like the Timberwolves are ahead of them. Timberwolves obviously have better talent, but they're basically the Minnesota Bulls. I saw a tweet by Dan Favel of Bleacher Report. <laughs> Showing a picture of all the Chicago Bulls, like in one picture, and they're all Timberwolves now with Jimmy Butler, Derrick Rose. I guess he's not one now, but Taj Gibson and you maybe Joe Kim Noah now. Like he, he might go to Minnesota. Wait, I thought I mean, Rose resigned with Minnesota. Maybe he did. I'm not. So I'm pretty may- sure he resigned with Minnesota. He's back. Well, we'll see. He's not on the. Oh, he is retained. Yes, thank you. One year, one and a half million dollars. So there you go. So Derrick Rose is back with Minnesota, but they're a team that's right ahead of Charlotte. You have the New Orleans Pelicans that are right ahead of Charlotte at 26. Here's why I don't like I don't hate what the Hornets did this offseason. A lot of this is because basically they couldn't do a whole lot this offseason. They are crazy cap stricken. 
The one thing that was very questionable was why didn't Mitch Kupchak just buy out Dwight Howard? That was it seemed like a pretty bad mistake. I don't agree with that it's a bad mistake because here's the thing, he turned that into a couple more second rounders down the line but, with the Hamadou Diallo trade. But but I'm not I'm not going to take on the Timofey Mozgov and the in parlaying that into the Biombo trade. Like if you were to ask me would I rather have Biombo or just an extra roster spot and pay a little bit more money to Dwight, I'm going to pay a little bit more money to Dwight. Like, I know Biombo can come in and do some things, and I, given what they had in Mozgov, yeah, I'd much rather have Biombo. It's just a better player. But I'd almost, I'd rather buy out Dwight, and that was, to me, one of the worst moves of the offseason for the Charlotte Here, Here's what I would ask anybody that hated the Biombo, the, what they did with Dwight. It's a lot easier to move a Biombo contract if you have some second-rounders to go along with it. That becomes a little bit more palatable next year if you give them an extra second rounder and be like, look, we know you don't want to take this contract on. Here's a second rounder for your trouble. Thank you very so and, much. And I'm not going to disagree with you there. Like getting all the second round picks is right. But also, I, I feel like you got some second round picks and maybe you didn't have to trade Dwight Howard for Mozgov and eventually get Bismack Biombo. If the Hornets have proven anything, it's that they can move a center that makes a lot of money. <laughs> uh, Biombo, uh, Miles Plumley, and Timofey Mozgov all got paid in it's the amazing. same year it in is 2016. And the Hornets have acquired and moved all three of those, or well, and now they have Biombo. So they've either acquired or right. moved all three of those players. I mean, the revolving door, I'm just not a big fan of, but not to get too fo- – go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, that's why I think that 28 might be merited. If for any reason that they, they made a lot of sound, but did they really make any fury? Here, here's, did, did they do anything? Here's the change that – here's the change, right? Here's the change for the good here. I am a huge fan of Steve Clifford. It's been well documented mm-hmm. that I am a Steve Clifford fan. I think he is a good NBA head coach. I think what he did here – with the Bobcats slash Hornets, was fantastic. I I am a huge fan of what he did with Charlotte. Also understanding that it might have just been his time to go after last season. You know, we we can say he's a good coach and also understand that it was just his time to leave the Charlotte Hornets. I like the head coaching hire here. I think Borrego has won me over in the introductory press conference. Granted, it's the easy thing to do when you're a new hire. Hey, go ask Miss Kutchuk about well, that. Well, you're though. you're right, which is, which made it so bad. <laughs> it's yeah. because he did not win us over in the introductory press conference, but Borrego did. I feel like he still preached the things that we wanted to hear, and I feel like he genuinely believes in the things he's preaching to us. He comes from the Spurs. You can't not like it. Again, this is not some Bill Belichick coaching tree where he comes to be a head coach every once in a while, like your Romeo Cronell or your Josh McDaniels, and it doesn't work out. We've seen guys from the Spurs coaching tree work in the NBA very well. You're hoping we just got our own little twig, our own little branch from that tree in James Borrego. So I like that. Mitch Kupchak... As far as talent evaluation goes, we've talked about this. It it looks like maybe something might be budding there with Devontae Graham, but the second-round picks from him in the past, the late picks, they have proven to be good. Yep. Hello, in a small market like Charlotte, you need some good picks later in the first round and second round because that's the way that you're going to be able to accumulate talent, not so much on the free agency side. So I actually liked the Mitch Kupchak move. There have been mistakes. I just talked about Dwight, but I actually didn't mind the Mitch Kupchak move despite everyone's hesitancy because of the North Carolina connection. So with that being said... Not necessarily huge roster changes, but I do like Borrego coming in, and I'm I'm better than average. I'm not I'm not 
you know, dancing in the streets for the cup check acquisition, but I, I do like them bringing him in as a guy after what we had in Rich Joe. One thing's clear that Vegas doesn't like the Hornets to improve significantly. David Aldridge has their offseason 28th out of 30 teams. So Borrego has every opportunity to beat expectations. It's it's honestly a perfect situation for both him and Kupchak because they've got a lot of room to go up at this point. Well, Kupchak, it depends on how you look at it, I guess. It's a perfect situation in that regard. It's not so much in that, man, good luck trying to do anything of significant difference with that cap because we just talked about he's he's definitely moved a lot but how much has he changed it because Bismack is just another guy that comes in as a revolving door of all the big men that you said that are getting paid a lot so again I guess I'm looking at this more of the context that was given to them of, of what the limitations were given to this Charlotte Hornets franchise as soon as these guys come in because again I'll, I'll reference this stat Bobby Marks had them as the worst situation going into the offseason this year because of all the cap restrictions mm-hmm. that they had. And they were still able to get – I, I like the Borrego hire. I like Cup Check. You know, I, I didn't love Miles Bridges. I just think 28 – like we're talking about the worst of the worst, and I, I didn't feel like that was them this season. Here's the thing What I, I would tell you. Here's where I have a problem, the biggest problem with this list. Under the Charlotte Hornets – you do not see the Washington Wizards. The Washington Wizards signed Dwight Howard to a two-year deal with a player option in 2018. Need I say more? So the Dwight Howard thing doing it well enough for you. Like, oh, yeah. That's the thing. Because they did get rid of Gortat. I Right. Like There are some teams that I might put under the Charlotte Hornets. How you view the Charlotte Hornets right now, I think, comes down to whether you, you truly believe that it's talent over everything in terms of being able to affect your record year to year, or if if coaches and schemes can come in and, and move the needle. Because if you look at it just simply from a talent basis, they really haven't acquired much. No, you're I, right. I mean, I will credit them that they that if Tony Parker can stay healthy, they finally addressed uh, what was a needle in their paw for for two seasons, that backup point guard position, but, but not significantly. And, and Kimball Walker's still going to get the majority of minutes at point guard, so that didn't really change all that much. But from a talent perspective, they didn't get any better. But if you believe that they are going to play a completely different style of basketball and that style of basketball will allow them to play way above their talent level, then you like the Hornets. I, the one thing I would say, though, is going into last year, this team was talked about as being possibly the most talented team of the Clifford era. Clifford even said Clifford as said much. It, right. If even if they didn't add talent, I think this team we all can acknowledge that this team underachieved grossly last year. So how much did you really need to change talent wise if they if you underachieved? You look at the teams that improved last offseason, it was the Hornets, it was the Celtics with the Hayward acquisition, and the Pistons you probably throw in there with Avery Bradley coming over. And those were the teams that improved in a lot of people's minds. In reality, the Pacers improved a lot with Victor yep. Oladipo and DeMontis Sabonis coming in. And the Hornets actually went down. 
So the Bucks, a lot of people thought were going to be a juggernaut. They just simply weren't for the most of the regular season. We all thought that the Hornets could essentially, I remember talking to Eddie Jordan on the wake-up call, and Eddie Jordan was like, look, we're looking to sneak in the playoffs, whether the 8, 7, 6 seed, and you know what? Behind closed doors, we just might think we might get the fourth seed. Like They were confident in the beginning of the regular season, mm-hmm. as I think we all were heading into that season yeah. with the talent. And it just didn't shake up. It, you have 36 wins just like you did the year before. So can Borrego get something out of this talent that is just another year older in a lot of cases? And are they going to be able to get some real production from some of their younger guys that come into this team? Agreed. We'll see. We'll see what Borrego can do. I'm a believer in Borrego. I think it'll be better, the record overall, from what they did last season. But the bottom line, to me at least, is that there was only so much you could do given the cap restrictions that you had. We'll take another quick break. We'll come back with the 14th best Charlotte Hornet, the 14th best beer in Charlotte history. Also, we got our Matt Geiger fact of the day. You're listening to the Locked On Hornets podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. This is Locked on Hornets. Did we like the Marco Bellinelli experiment here no. in Charlotte? Or are we glad that he's kind of gone? I, I, I'm one of those that's kind of glad he's I'm gone. One of the, one of the only players that has blocked Locked on Hornets on Twitter. Did he block us? <laughs> yeah. He blocked us. I, did, what, Some, did, for did something we hate you on him? Did, did we come at him for something? Or? So I may have said, and I didn't at him or anything like that, but I may have said that his defense on LeBron James at one point resembled that of a potted plant. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. We're coming to you from the Gittimer.com studios in Uptown Charlotte. If you're in sales and need help, visit Gittimer.com today to learn how they can help you do the one thing you want to do, and that's make more sales. We talked about the schedule. The rest of the schedule is supposed to at least be released on Friday. So we'll have a full analysis of that along with hopefully Pete Gwilly on Tuesday. It looks like we will have him next week. Haven't got a confirmation, but we'll talk to him about that classic court. Talk to him about all those all those players for the Hornets actually practicing on the court just outside of his office window that he keeps updating us on. So we'll try to get and, all the skinny from Pete Gwilly. And what else? Where'd that blimp at? Where's the You're right. Thank can, you. Can we can Perhaps I ask the most about getting question. rid of the butt swoosh? <laughs> sure. Okay. If you want to. Butt if, swoosh updates. I, I, don't, I don't want you to put that in his head. I still think I deserve some royalties for the Steve Martin bobblehead that's about to come our way this season. Because I feel like I brought that up to Pete Gwilly on an interview we had in the morning one time. Maybe I'll ask him about that. You want credit. I do want the credit. Steve Martin A little bit. I do. What, I mean, how, how would you even get credit? Like, what would you? That's why we're having Pete on. <laughs> gonna ask him what you want monetary compensation i do for- i feel like i planted that as an idea and pete uh. and it's fine like pete's my guy sure go ahead and run with it man i feel look, like look, i had look. a little bit i feel like i had a little bit to do with that walker yeah don't listen to doug secure right. the bag you like that right secure the bag. yeah i'm just trying to get my mellow on here i'm just trying to secure the bag because my idea i believe i planted at least somewhat there I at least contributed to the water to the seed, at least some kind of ray of sunshine, to where I might deserve a little bit of compensation. All right, we'll go to the 14th best Charlotte beer, according to Doug, slash according to Mr. McKenzie. Doug, what do you got for us? The 14th best Charlotte beer is, oh, you've heard of this one before, Juicy J. This is a good one. I think it's a little low. Legion Brewing. Brews Juicy J. It's available year-round. Four different hop varieties. 
Voltron being one of them. Make an outstanding IPA. Juicy J, the rapper. Juicy J, the beer. I'm here for both. Yeah, they're both top 10, though. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're both top 10. Is Juicy J a top, no, no, top no, 10 no. rapper list? I was Stay out of my that. mentions. I was kidding <laughs> yeah. about Juicy J, the rapper, being a top oh, 10 rapper of all time. Yeah, oh, yeah. You want to talk about staying out of your mentions. It looks like mine are about to get blown up again. I'm scared. Yeah. I'm scared. Because it's now okay. I'm gun shy now. I, Don't be gun shy. I thought it was going to be fun. Oh, yeah. Top 30 Hornets list. That's cool. 30th year anniversary. Right. I'm down. Let's let's put out. Talk about nostalgia. Let's relive some nostalgia this season and give my top 30 Hornets list. Little did I know that sports despair would come at me after every single reveal. Little did I know Walker. that Nada would come at me as hard as he's come at. I tried to warn you that we were the only people doing a top 30 list, and it was going to be the definitive top 30 Charlotte Hornets of all time anywhere, and nobody could copy us. I stand by my list. There's a couple of tweaks maybe where I, I would have made, but like my Jamal Mashburn take, I'll be honest with you, I stand by that one. That's the one that I've gotten the most hate on. I think it's mostly not a driven. And Doug, that's like you've been okay with most of them. You didn't like that one. I stand by that just looking more at what Jamal Mashburn did for the Hornets. I was a huge Mashburn fan. I still am, but I still stand by that one pretty tough. Like I'm I'm cool with that one. I have a feeling I'm gonna be really upset at 14, <laughs> though. You're gonna be upset. It, you would have been upset. We might as well get it out of the way because you'd be upset wherever any of these guys come in. I I don't know what the the magic guy is that's going to make you in an uproar, but we might as well get to him at 14. So I'm hopeful. I'm hoping that he comes up here at 14. I don't know if this is the exact guy you want. I don't know if he's gonna come up at 13. I don't know if he's gonna come up at 12. But what I will say is that it is a little bit more of a cushion the sooner we get rid of him because that means he's not ranked as much higher than Jamal Mashburn. At least agree with me on that. I'm trying to yes. I'm trying to put some pillows down on yes, as I jump off. Because I have the roof. a bad feeling about this one. All right. So with all that being said, mm-hmm. the 14th best Charlotte Hornet Tell yes. of all time. Give it to me. His name is ah! It's David Wesley. Go! <laughs> it's the guy Wesley. I think you guys were talking about. And he comes in at 14 right ahead of Jamal Mashburn. So, just real quickly before you start to go in on me, just answer yes or no. Was David Wesley the guy you thought you were going to hear? Yeah. I feel like it was. Doug, same for you. Yes, and now that that I know that he is 14th, I'm a little bit more okay with Mashburn because I think that had he been significantly higher right. than Mashburn, if he had been top 10 and you left Mashburn out of the top 10, then I would have. No, he wasn't. No. David Wesley, a personal favorite of mine. Mm-hmm. Jamal Mashburn was more of a favorite of mine, by the way, just to get that out there real quickly. Until but this you is start not a, go, this is not about favorites. You're right. This you're is right. a this is you're a right. objective. That's why, list. that's why I put Jamal below David. So here's here's I'm the case. You. Here's the case for David Wesley. So David Wesley comes over to the Charlotte Hornets at age 27. He played five years for them. One, two, three, four, five years for the Charlotte Hornets. Ah, ah, ah. Averaged. <laughs> It's, you did yes, the count from No, you're right. You're right. I, Sesame Street. I, I got the, as I was One, laughing two, three, about four, to ask five. you what that was. <laughs> it was uh, 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 uh. So you have five years from David Wesley, never averaging less than 13 points a game for the Charlotte Hornets, was one of the better three-point shooters for this team. And actually, I believe we looked this up the other day, but in that series against the Milwaukee Bucks, where you mentioned Jamal Mashburn's impact was missed, David Wesley, I believe, shot like something 45% from three-point range in that series alone. 
Again, it's where the longevity and the production, you add those together. I just have to give him the nod over Jamal Mashburn. We mentioned the field goal percentage for Jamal not being all that high. Never shot over 41% in his time with the Hornets. And David Wesley, despite him being a big-time outside shooter, he shot almost 43%. Not great, but certainly better than the 41 that Jamal did. And you look at some of the other numbers he contributed in. How about, how about when you look at his assist? Five assists per game. Like, David Wesley was a better facilitator than a lot of people realize. So, 14th, David Wesley, drop the mic, come at me. Talking about atting people or a little bit ago, at me, don't at me, I don't care. I'm cool with number 14 and 15. I, I like what you said. You prevented, You presented yourself a nice little case. <laughs> Damn all that. Mash, mash, no. Just Mashburn was a much better player, much more impactful player, even for the Hornets. And granted, I'm not trying to diminish David Wesley because he belongs. It seems in the like top you're trashing 15. David Wesley. No, uh, no, I am. <laughs> I am not. De- he belongs in the top fifteen. Ain't no way in hell. I'm taking no. Just no. No. Now, here's a stat for you. Let's hear it. So the count from Sesame Street. Full name Count Von Count. <laughs> His magic number was 34,969. That was his magic number? I'm trying to track down the reason why, but that was officially his magic number. Also, Count Von Count has been on Sesame Street since the premiere season. There's some nostalgia for you. Yeah, Count Count was a strong character as far as Sesame Street goes. Anyway, love David Wesley. David Wesley's great. He comes in at 14. We'll get to 13 here. Just real quickly before we wrap up for today like where does longevity rank for you I again I've mentioned this quite a bit I mean I feel like that matters to me quite a bit and everybody else that comes at me in my mentions or you or anybody else that wants to talk about who means more I mean we're going to get tough as we get towards the top as far as individual placement like I was cool with how everybody is in my top 20 everybody in my top 15 but as we get closer to the top it's going to be you know why is he third you're start you're going to get angry as far as oh he's not third because he should be second right you're starting to get more angry over just the one spot difference and longevity is the toughest thing to measure here so when Jamal plays a season and a half worth of games compared to David Wesley who was here a long time like I've got to give the nod to the longevity and the production that comes with it longevity is a really funny thing though because at some point because I know this is going to come up with with Kemba Walker at some point and Gerald Wallace to a, to a lesser extent. We're talking about guys that did a lot for their teams, didn't necessarily and didn't necessarily have the success. And a guy like Big Al, who's probably on this list as well, only here three seasons, was effective for one and a half of them. But when he was effective, he was a game changer. Yeah. Well, and and again, that's I'm not like that's start charting in a dangerous territory. Yeah, so, we well, here here's my Keep opi- me at bay. here's my opinion on it. I, I think that longevity matters a lot, and it's going to be significant when we talk about the top five players. It can easily send somebody like Kimball Walker, like Del Curry, into the top five. But I think that what can I think greatness always supplants longevity. Like, for but example, it depends was, on how great they were. Well, that's right? what I'm I mean, saying. That, that's what, well, that's that's what what's I'm tough saying. to measure. But I, I imagine some player in the future, some once in a generation player, comes in and spends three years in Charlotte and leads Charlotte to a championship, and and definitively is the best player on that team. 
all of a sudden, I mean, I, th- sure. I think that guy is number one. Sure. Yeah. We one. You're you're absolutely right. Hardware matters. We'll we'll get to right. I mean, there's we'll, some players left who have some hardware that that I know. I one. I'm thinking of one right, right now. Right. That you have. Yeah. So yet. hardware matters. I don't want to ruin the list. Those kind of impacts matter, and you have to be significantly better. Like for a guy like Jamal Mashburn, who did get quite a bit of uproar. You know, it, it's someone that I can't. I can't. I can't do it. Can't. I can't give up the rest of the list. No, not tuned. yet. Not yet. Stay tuned. Yeah, That's all I say. Like it's it's tough because again, in the regards to Wesley, it's it's a it's a good comparison, right? What you have with Wesley and what you have with Jamal Mashburn, I think that's a a perfect example of the problem we're running into. If I'm saying in their prime, which both happened to be, I think for the Charlotte Hornets, even though it was kind of crazy that happened in later of, of Jamal Mashburn's career and even David Wesley's for a little bit of it. Yeah. If you're saying which player are you picking in their prime? I'm picking Jamal Mashburn. Like Jamal Mashburn, no doubt, he's the better player. No, but if we're talking about but Hornets, we're talking about how long they spent with the team. Yeah, exactly. But the one thing I would probably close on is this: we gotta gotta remember the Charlotte Hornets was basically the transient home for talented players in the late '90s, yeah. mid 2000s. So we're about to get there too. We're about to get to some of those better players. You want to go to the Matt Geiger fact of the day before we wrap it up? Do you want to wrap it up? Put a bow on it. Let's with do the Matt. it. All right, Matt, go ahead and put the bow. All right, Matt Geiger was once suspended by the NBA for steroids use. Oh, I do remember this. Bet you didn't know that. Matt I, Geiger. I, not surprised. Got it busted for being too bulky. How surprised are we about that? Not really. Yeah, none. All right, thanks for listening to Locked On Hornets here on Locked On Podcast Network. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Hornets. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Overcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Just search Locked On Hornets. We'll be back with you on Tuesday. Hopefully Pete Willie joins us and we'll ask him about that blimp, about the nostalgia that has been resurrected there in the 30th anniversary of the Charlotte Hornets franchise. Thanks again for listening. See you guys.